your traps, little my nigga, I feel sorry for you. Sorry, nigga. Cause we banging hand to hand, getting it in them holes. I'm talking transactions, CDS, them distributions. We going hard with this shit, we need our restitution. I love my nigga, so I do whatever for my dog. Nigga, say he need me and I got him, he'll never fall. I'm coming in the clutch, something like I'm Kyrie. You niggas bluffing, man, I wish you niggas would try me. Be down. And guess what? We need answers. All right, we need answers podcast is episode number 99. So uh, coming at 100 is something special. I wanted to say this episode for something special for 100, but all my previous guest schedules got conflicted. Couldn't work out. So I said, there's no time better than the present time to do this special one and um, do it now. So I got pleasure of being in a new studio today my cousin chris from noisy tennis let me come and do this in noisy tennis studio because i want to do something different do a different uh location different background all that switch it up for something for something special for me so today for episode 99 back to the real wire series but we going to do this one with my my mother today she here wanda aka Didi. AKA Aunt Didi. <laughs> and we here. She, she, my first, I'm gonna do up both of my parents at some point. And um, first, I'm start with my mother, ladies first. Um, I wanted to do my parents because with this podcast, it's been very therapeutic for me. It's been special. And I talk to people when they talk about their families, and I've been talking to my families, my family members, about on this show and about everything and learning more about myself and more about people period it's like my psychology course so i wanted to do one with my parents to get their perspective on life on me on growing up in baltimore so so it come full circle and um we talk a lot about uh families and how things work with families from growing up and how things can get passed down good or bad so um these conversations just help us view things and see things from another perspective that's why I like to get my family and other people's families on here so they can see things from another point of view. Get the, uh, and I think, I don't know, I always think it's for a good benefit for a positive um, outcome of it. So um, we can start the Real Wires series for those who don't know, who never heard it. Um, I get people from an older generation most of the time to talk about life growing up in the city and, um, Cause everybody got different perspectives of the city and what it's done for them and done it, been a part of their life. And um, just try to paint that picture for everybody. Cause like I always say, we always get the short end of the stick when he talk about Baltimore and what it is and the violence and the drugs and all that, but we got more to offer. So I always try to paint that picture with the older generations in comparison to now. So with that being said, please introduce yourself. And let us know who we got on here today. Hi, I'm Wanda McClary. I'm uh, Mook's Mook's mother. (laughs) Um, And I was raised up in Baltimore, the Park Heights area. Um, I was raised up, uh, my mom had 12 kids. Um, We lived in, all of us didn't live together, but it um, it was a good amount of us that lived together. And, you know, as siblings, we got along. Then we had our little 
agreements to disagree. We fought, but you know, at the end of the day, we loved each other. Um, we came up very well, um, good school and um, background. Um, both parents in the house, which is very important. And um, we, we ate well. Um, everything was good. You know, we had um, parents that um, had their agreements and disagreements, and we saw some of that, um, which wasn't good, but um, they still hung in there. And um, it was good, you know. My mom not here anymore, but um, she left a, she definitely, um, the foundation she planted in us. And so with me having kids, um, I picked up a lot of her ways and actually used some of the things that I knew from just um, growing up and being under older people. Cause I always was um, under older people, I went to, sit in their houses, um, went to the store with Miss Joyce and Miss Evans and sometimes sitting with Miss Penn, Miss Axie, Miss Alma. That was my girl, Miss Alma, I always sat up there. But um, my mother always knew that I was doing the right thing because she always was good with these neighbors. So it wasn't like she had to worry, you know. And um, yeah, I learned a lot. That's where I got a lot of my wisdom at as well. Um, I always liked kids, so Miss um, Alma had a, a daughter that had a baby, and I was the one who would always go get the baby and, and took her around in the neighborhoods, you know, because I love kids. Um, coming up, I always wanted my own money. Um, I can remember even selling newspapers. I don't even know how that happened. Going to store um, for the elderly, making a couple of dollars, just going to the corner store but I just wanted to have my own. And I think that come from my mother because she always had her own. She never depend on anybody. Mm. And I learned that from her, just being a strong woman. Um, always been a hustler. Always been a hustler. Just knew how to go get what you wanted. Um, and that's always been me. Um, but other than that, um, I think we lived a good life. So what about Y'all originally started on George Street, right? Well, I was small, so I don't remember too much on George Street, but right. my whole life was up Park Heights. All right. So what schools did you go to? Um, we went to Catholic school, St. Pius, then it turned to, to Father Charles A. Hall. So we was always in Catholic schools, and then when we got out to eighth grade, we went to, I went to Northwestern. Okay. Yeah. What, what, so paint, I always ask everybody on these episodes, what, what was a, um, uh, a monumental or like a, a important event that went on in your childhood, like whether it's in the world or a city, for example, um, the first guest said they remembered the Martin Luther King rides. So what's, whether a landmark or event that went on around that time period, what was, something that you remember from your childhood that stood out to you? Or like, for instance, when I said landmark, um, I think Jackie said how it used to be the stores up the village, the clothing stores and all that. She was just reminiscing about that. So. Well, I didn't do too much of the village. Um, that was Jackie and um, I did everything of Park Hikes. Um, 
if any. Any you could talk. I, yeah, I'm just trying to think right now, and I can't even think right now. Well, what what was like? Well, paint the picture of Park Heights. How did Park Heights look when you was growing up? Oh, Park Heights. When we was coming up, Park Heights, the the section was Oswego Mall, and so when we was coming up, everybody everybody was family family oriented. We all looked out for each other. We might have, you know, they had their fights, they had their bickering, but at the end of the day, we all came together. Mm-hmm. And and I remember when they had this thing up there, it was called the green thing. Everybody would come around the green thing. We played um, cards and it was always cards for money or spades. Mm-hmm. And so that was something that we all grew up playing um, cards on people's steps for money, um, even when we was coming up, we always had um, in the summertime water fights with yeah. the um, water hose. I mean, you could just come from working. Yeah. Dang kid, they gonna if you out there, you gonna get wet. Yeah. Uh, but at the end of the day, didn't nobody get upset. It was like it was hot that day, so it was like okay, you gonna get wet. And then yeah. you know we just it was just family. Right. The whole Oswego Mall was just family, and people loved to come in the mall. Uh-huh. From Park Heights, like Cold Spring, um, Belvedere, Upper Park Heights, they just love to come down Park Heights and Owens Mill. I mean, Oswego. It was so. It wasn't a lot of violence back then. It wasn't. If it it wasn't a lot of violence back then, but when you fought, you fought and you made up. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like you shoot to kill. You mm-hmm. fought with sticks and stuff like that, but you didn't fight to kill a person. Right. You know, so yeah, we back then it wasn't bad like it is today. So what was your coming up with most of your siblings? What was the perspective of, of being in a household? Like, like paint a picture for that, because like you said, it was you know everybody of course don't get along always, but then y'all is is also I would assume it's also a blessing to always have like a sibling. Yeah, it was always um, a blessing to have um, your sisters and brothers there. Um, and they always looked out for us, you know, mm-hmm. um, even though I was somewhere in the middle, but we all stuck together and we, it was always a fight with us, our family, mm-hmm. you know, but at the end of the day, um, daddy always said, if you're going to fight your sisters and brothers, you're going to get out there and fight. Mm-hmm. You better get out there and fight. So it's like, we had to go out there and fight, mm-hmm. but then again, once you fight, you back friends again, right. you know, and then, um, like Joyce and all the, the mothers around there, they just weren't going to tolerate it no more. They was like, look, y'all going to stop this stuff right now. Mm-hmm. So the parents came and, and they kept everybody together. Okay. Yeah, they kept everybody together. And then, you know, if we didn't do something right, mm-hmm. we got punished. Right. When I say punished, I mean, we, we got punished. You don't want to get punished for two weeks in a month. <laughs> yeah, that's how we got punished. So, yeah, you want to get yourself together. But it was good. It paid off, you know. Yeah. I thought it was strict, but you know, at the end of the day, it was worthwhile. That was love for sure. So it was twelve of y'all total, right? It was twelve of us and, total. And how many of them were older than you? It's uh Tony It was six six that was older than me. Okay. So six, you the seventh. And then five more. Right. All right. So um, I know I I think I asked you before, whenever we see pictures and stuff, um, 
of, of your siblings, the ones, because, you know, we know the core. We know um, Ms. Sean, Todd, Mimin, um, Jackie, Rozzy, Tony, Rhonda. Chucky. Uh, uh, I said Chucky, I think. Mm -hmm. um, well, Chucky and then Tyra. Mm -hmm. So you got, then you got um, a few of your siblings passed away before. Right. So you, it was Junior. Larry. Larry. So I want to know. This is some. This is a two minutes. Yo, I want to know um, something. I don't think I've asked. I never. I don't think I ever met Larry. No, you. Never. I know I met Junior before he passed because yeah. I met I met Junior. So I want to know about Larry because I never. I never. I remember that picture when he was in the hospital. Mm -hmm. it, I think it was you and Sean and somebody leaned over with him. Yeah. And I never knew nothing else about. Him. Yeah, Larry used to come up Park Heights. That's when um, I got real close to him, and. Um, he, he didn't grow up in our household. Mm. And so just to know that we had siblings other than Tony, we knew Tony, but mm. just to, they was coming up, Ginger and Larry, they used to always come up. Mm. And and he started coming up on a regular. Mm. And that's when I got real close with him. And then um, he'll come spend the night on the weekends and stuff like that. And I was just so happy to have a big brother in the house, mm. even though Chucky was older than me, but I'm talking about big, big brother. Oh, wow. So he was older than all of them. He was older than Tony, yeah. Oh, okay. But he wasn't older than Junior. Okay. But um, we had got real close, and then um, he would come up every weekend. I remember him playing a song, um, I Always Love My Mama. Mm. He always sang that. And then um, um, he just got in an accident with his cousin. Him and his cousin was fighting, and he had a freak accident, and he wound up being becoming paralyzed mm. and um it was just me and travis and i met this lady named miss murray because i used to go see him in the hospital wherever he went i was there mm. um and miss murray used to pick me up and everything so we re really built up um that relationship too and i used to um make way for him to come out the center and everything take him down the hall he would always ask he would always say tell my mother i said hi tell my mother i love her and i would tell her and she would go every now and again, and I never understood why she didn't go. But I, then as I got, um, you know, into, into my, you know, studying the Bible and everything, I always, I, I learned in going to Bible study and just hearing things that God uses people to do things that other people can't do. Mm -hmm. And I feel like he used me to do what she couldn't do. Okay. But when um, I did get the transportation and he would come up to the house when we was on Greenberry, mm -hmm. she would come up and then I had the house. I'm bring, he came on, on Madison Street a few times. Um, but once I got, um, like, like I said, once I learned things with the Bible and stuff, um, I was able to accept that because I was, I, I never could understand like that's your child. But then, yeah. So what you feel like back then, what you feel, and, and I ain't just speaking on just your family, like, because I'm sure this was something that was going on in a lot of families in that era. What you think the disconnect was with, like, parents and their kids at that time? I think it has something to do with um, probably the, it could be um, their relationship with whoever they were in a relationship with. I think a lot of that might have had something to do with um, it could have been an abusive relationship. Um, 
it's just could I just think that the, whatever the relationship was with the person, the two individuals, the parents, uh, the parents mm-hmm. I think that's what it was that things might have happened in the household and the kids didn't like it and this just got away from it. Okay. So um I know your grandparents they started what from Sandtown or from the village? Sandtown. Cuz that's where Grammy's from Sandtown. Yes. Right? So what what was it like growing up with your grandparents? Oh, we always was um we always was with both our grandparents with my father's mother um with um, Grammy's mother and father, we always had that relationship. And the thing about both of them, they all, um, they believe in God. Yeah. So we, we went to church, you know, we always, our grandfather always went to church. But when we was down um, with mama, daddy's mother, um, we had to actually go to church. Um, they had a corner church. She was married to a um, reverend. And so he had a church on the corner, like a store church. Mm. Um, Where was this at? This is right up the street from them. They was on Moses Street. And so it wasn't far, but because they was older, you know, he got in the car. So it was like, and it was a lot of us. So we got in the car and we was in church a long time. We would come back home, eat and go back to church. So we was grounded, um, you know, with Christ in our life, believing in God and stuff like that. What's, what's one of your most, since you got so many siblings, what's one of your most memorable t- times with with any of them, it don't matter who or all of them, what, like something that happened fun back in the days. Well, me and Chucky, when we was going to school, I used to um, go with Chucky to, um, Chucky always took karate. Mm-hmm. And I always um, went with him to see him um, practice and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I just liked the fact that my brother was like kicking butt, even practicing. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, me and him was always real close. Um, I guess because we were so more close in age. Okay. Yeah. What, um, did you play sports? No, but I always exercised. Me and him used to run together at Park Heights too. Okay. Um, what was your, around that era growing up, what was your favorite place to eat at? Well, when we was coming up, we had McDonald's and we had, um, the Chinese restaurant. And both of them was like on Cold Spring mm-hmm. and Rice's Town Road. All right. What was what did you say the difference between if you knew back then, what was the difference between East and West? You ain't really go South Baltimore, did you? No. I didn't do East. I ain't know nothing about East until Grammy moved over East. And I still don't know too much about it. In the late eighties. Right. She moved there in the late eighties. Yeah, I think um, yeah. Yeah, because it was it wasn't even late because Travis, it was in the eighties, but I don't think it was the late eighties. Okay. Because Travis was born in eighty two, and after that, like a few years after that, that's when she moved down there. All right. Well, since since you brought it up, Travis, my my big brother, your firstborn, uh, talk about having your first child. Well, I had Travis at age twenty. Um, Travis, yeah, I always loved kids. So Travis and I always played with baby dolls. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably until I was like 13, 14 years old. So I treated my baby dolls like they was real. Mm-hmm. And so when I had Travis, I really, I spoiled that boy like nobody's business. Um, 
And I was real um, protective with him too. Um, and it was a lot of things happened with me. Um, Travis, my you know, my father didn't like Travis' father. Um, so how I got on my own is when they had a fight. And then- Your father and Travis' father? Yeah. They had a fight and then um, he came back in the house. When I came in the house late on that night, um, I was actually giving a feed him and he had told me to get out. I had no idea where I was going at, but, um, and Grammy was right there. And I think because she was scared, mm -hmm. um, she was in an abusive marriage. But anyway, the girl I used to work with, Tyra, asked her mother, can I sit? I ain't know these people from Adam or Eve. Mm -hmm. And they told me I could come around there. And um, they really was good to us. They never had any babies in the family. So they was like, we got a baby. He was a year old. They went, we got a baby. And I mean, they spoiled him. They was good to me. Mm -hmm. um, I'm, not, I'm still in contact with them. Um, I always talk to them. Send them, you know, her mother money in the car to go see her here and there. But um, I never forget the people that opened their doors. So she let me stay there as long as I wanted to. I was going to data entry school at that time. Travis was in um, um, daycare. Um, and I did, you know, whatever it took for me to do what I needed to do to get where I needed to get, to get my own place. Um, I was just going for that. I got a job, um, got my first place. Um, and I was just, I, then it was a church down the street. I walked down the street, me and Travis went to the church. Um, always worked and kept my place. Sacrificed a lot of things just so he can have it. He still was in daycare, and I and I missed my mother when I left because I used to take the bus, and the bus used to always ride past her house, yeah. and then eventually I just went over there. How long was that separation? It was a while. It was less than a year, yeah. probably less than six months, but it was a while. But um, I just made up in my mind that I was going to get off the bus and go see her, and I did it. And um, and God. how was that reunion? Oh, she probably wanted it just as bad as I did, you know. So um, I don't blame her for nothing. Um, or actually, it just gave me, um, got me strong, right? You know, um, and I always look at a lot of things where she had to do things because of the situation that she was in, mm -hmm. but she was strong. She always made sure we had, and never had the one for nothing. Right. You know, so. Was you talking to your father during that time? Not that much. No, I don't think so. No, I think it took me a while to really, um, to forgive him. But once I started going to church and I was going to Nishay's, um church Bible study and stuff like that, and I, they started talking about forgiveness. That's when I learned how to forgive, because really the forgiveness is for me to benefit, for my benefit, mm -hmm. you know? So um, I never told him I forgave him, but I guess because me and him was talking and stuff like that, he must've figured I forgave him. Right. So what was your, where, was you talking to your siblings during this time period? Or was you just on your own? 
I was on my own, but me and Chucky always stayed in because Chucky came out a lot of times. Um, I guess everybody was doing their own thing, and I might have been talking to Razzy here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, so once y'all got to a certain age, was it like everybody just went their own ways? And- yeah, but we still always wind up at 12, 16 to meet up for different little things, that, okay. you know, but we always came together. 12, 16, Madison? Madison Street. Okay. East okay. Madison Street. So, so that was always the headquarters. That was the headquarters. Okay. Like 825 Mount Holly, when we was coming up, that mm-hmm. was the headquarters. Right. And then when Grammy moved over there, everybody came over there for everything. Okay. Because that was, at one point, you know, Holly was the house for holidays and Sundays. That's right. For us when we was kids. That's right. And then eventually, well, it always was, it's, it uh, was 12, a, 16, but the holidays. The holidays, Sundays, everybody was yeah, there. Yeah. yeah. And Sunday, I remember going, I was just talking to Chris and them about it because I remember um, we used to be over there on Sundays and the uh, basketball would be on, NBA would be on the mm-hmm. TV. You always sit down there and, um, your grandfather is sitting in that chair right there right by there the kitchen. Right in the corner, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The dining room. So um, we was talking about before we got on uh, your working career. So you said you started going to school for data. I went then, to data entry. Um, that was when I had Travis. And then what's your next? What was your next? Uh, and then um, I worked in factories, um, Barcelona, um, not factory. I worked in um, one factory where we was making clothes like for the Oreos, baseball things and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But I never, went, you know, I always wanted to work in the office. So I always still dressed as if I was working in the office. Okay. So, um, and back then I was ashamed of my job. Mm-hmm. Why? I guess because I wanted to be in the office. And mm-hmm. then as, um, again, as I start, um, you know, studying the Bible, getting the Bible studying, stuff like that. You know, you always speak things into existence. Right. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. But what I was doing is I was actually wearing my stuff, my Playing clothes. Playing the part. That's right. As if so, you had it already. There you go. So that's yeah. what I was doing. And, and um, yeah. Eventually you got it. And eventually I got it. Because, you know, when you look at it, um, just looking at from where I came from, you know, the struggles with mm-hmm. me and Travis. And I just kept on going mm-hmm. until I got what I wanted. Right. So it was worth the struggles. Then you you uh, you said Blue Cross and Blue Shield. Was that the first office job that you got? That was the first office job I had. And, and how was, was how you get that one? I got that through a temp agency. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I always liked to dress. So that was the whole key. I, I, I was dressing. Mm-hmm. And so I was like a clerk, um, a claims clerk. I would go and ask the underwriters um, if they needed work to be pulled off the system. And um, that was my job. And I like people. I like to, you know, mm-hmm. meet people and stuff like that. Where was this at at the time? This was, was right in Owens Mills. Oh, all right. Yeah. And then um, you said it turned into, you said you didn't get the. I didn't get the permanent job that I posted. Mm-hmm. They actually had me um, training somebody that just came in. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, she already had her mind made up mm-hmm. um, because she already had some in, some envy. She always envied me. Who, the person that? The supervisor oh, okay. that I had. Okay. 
you know. Um, and I think it was because of the way I carried myself and the way I dressed. But when I didn't get the position, and everybody said I should have got that position, but she made it say, um, and I, I, I knew I had the position, but, but she didn't give me the position because she said that I socialize a lot. Um, and the only reason why I knew that because my girlfriend, Rolanda, supervisor, and my supervisor was friends. And that's how I found out. But my job was to socialize with the underwriters. Mm -hmm. Um, and that was it. So once I left that job, um, the company that I was temping from, they got me another job and that was IWIF and that's where I started my career. I was there for 10 years before I um, resigned. Mm -hmm. And you said somebody noticed you, a guy noticed yeah, you. Yeah, um, well it was a few people, it wasn't just him, but I think it was more, he had, um, he um, actually was close to my supervisor and the people up on the fourth floor. And he was the one that actually put it out there because they always had security and they um, selected me because they just wanted somebody that um, that knew um, underwriting and, um, you know, different sections of the um, what the business was. And it was compens working compensation. So um, I guess because of my appearances and my mannerism, you know, people picked up on that. So that's I remember going there to your job. That's when I was young. It was out there in Towson on Joppa. Joppa and um, mm -hmm. Block, what's that? Black Raven. Black Raven. But so before, so before we go into that, I guess you could talk about when I came into the picture. That's seven years later after Travis. That was seven years later. But I knew your father, um, we was about, I was about 16, maybe 15, 16, 15. I knew him before. We just ran back into each other like in 87. Mm -hmm. And we started um, seeing each other then. Mm -hmm. And that's when um, we was dating a little bit. And that's when you came along. He didn't have no kids, thank God for that. <laughs> um, but he didn't have any kids. And um, we always just used to reminisce on the way I met, he met me and I met him. Mm -hmm. He always talked about that. The but carnival or something like that? It was the um, city fair. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then I saw him again at McDonald's and stuff like that. But then I ran into him at the bus stop. It was me and Travis. I think I was going up the village too. And he jumped out the car. He was with some friends and jumped out the car. <laughs> he said somebody else was looking at me. He was like, oh, I know how that means. He jumped out the car. And that's when we start talking again. Okay. So, um... I guess you could talk about how that was when I was first born and all that, because it's leading up to. I don't want. Uh, <clears throat> I wanted to lead up to your your profession now, because I know, like I said, I remember going to your job and all that. So I can start. Well, I can say with the stuff I remember when I was younger, because um, I always talk about. I always tell people I went to a lot of different schools. I remember the Montessori school, but I don't remember actually being in there. I just remember from pictures mm -hmm. and I know where it's at. And then um, it was St. Alphonsus. Right. On um, Saratoga. I was going to Catholic school um, from, what that was like, pre-K to like first or second grade. Or Probably so. because once Travis graduated out of there, he went to um, Polly and we put you in Mount Washington. Yeah. 
I remember going. We moved up in that area. Yeah, I remember going to uh, wearing them uniforms, and I ain't gonna wear them uniforms anymore because <laughs> that's when I was getting into lighting clothes and all that. Then it, when we was living up Mount Washington, I always tell people now nah, that's where I'm from, Mount Washington. <laughs> and then we moved up there, and I went to that school from um, second to to uh, fifth. fifth grade, and I, that was a good school. I like that school. Yeah. I like that school. That was a good school. So. Um, like I said, when I used to go to, I remember going, even my father, and I remember Kurt used to pick me up a lot from school yeah. back then too. Mm -hmm. And um, they always would take me to you at IWF. And I remember you working at the front desk mm -hmm. and on um, take your child to work day, stuff like that. I go in there. <laughs> it was the cubicles. I remember the cubicles and all that sitting up there with you and all that. And, um, teaching you about the job yeah and i remember when you come in it was that front that front desk and i remember one of them take your child to work they it was like a like uh, an auditorium yeah, type room to yeah. the right and i remember being in there and that was um they they was talking to us about the company and all that mm -hmm. some stuff like that but um as you said you worked there for 20 years 10 years 10 years and then you decided to so tell the story about how you got into a child care because you said a couple times that actually um i always loved kids i always always loved kids and your father was the one that brought it to my attention and i think him and crystal might have been talking about it because he wanted me and crystal to open up a uh, center in the city but crystal never went um you know to school and stuff like that but i did mm -hmm. and the only reason why I did it because probably too, because I was going through, like I said, I had a supervisor that just wasn't let up off me. And I just got tired of said, you, you should just get your own business, mm -hmm. you know? And first, before I did anything, even back then, I always prayed about it. I just didn't, you know, just let it go, mm -hmm. you know? Cause I believe in if you go um, in prayer and you have faith and, and you trust God, then I know that it's going to work out. And today, um, I still stand on that because um, I still had that business. Right. And so, um, what was the process? So you you went to did the classes and then what? I went to um, Sojourner Douglas, and then um, while I was doing Sojourner Douglas, um, once I finished that, I um, used all my vacation time up. Um, then I put I put my resignation and used my time up. Um, fixed it um, the daycare up in my basement, mm -hmm. um, and I opened up with family members, which was Monet five kids, mm -hmm. and then Malik came along, and then I was able to have eight kids, but that right there opened me up, mm -hmm. and I know that. Um, you know, everybody like to have their child somewhere where they know they can have a peace of mind. Mm -hmm. You know, go to work and know that their child in good hands and um, nothing happening to their children. So for me to have my kids in daycare, I wasn't always pleased. So when I opened my daycare up, I knew what I wanted to give parents. Mm -hmm. And that was actually to nurture children, protect them, and give the parents a peace of mind, you know, while they at work. Um, mm -hmm. So at that, you know, and Monet would always go to work and she was in school and she'd come back and say, 
Aunt Dee Dee, I thank you so much, she said, because we went to these daycare centers and they was giving the children dry Cheerios. They just didn't treat them right. And she just always thanked me. She, you know, and that made me feel good that somebody appreciate what I did, mm -hmm. you know. Um, so um, I just. You said you said you ain't like the the uh, daycares that you that had us in. I remember Miss Rita. They was, I mean, you know, when you um, you know what you want for your kids, mm -hmm. you know. Miss Rita was good. Um, but with Travis, you know, it, it was different back then. Um, I rarely found people that had kids with him. Um, then you, you know, you want to be selective where you put your child at. Mm. Um, I was, um, comfortable with him being with Miss Frankie. That was this lady. Um, but then when I, Miss Rita, um, she was good. And I went, I put you in there because Marcus was in there. Okay. Um, and then you had the little incident and stuff like that. When I broke my collarbone, yeah. yeah. But um, people were saying you should sue and stuff like that. I said no. You know, I spoke to her. You know, things happened. It wasn't like she wasn't watching you. She just couldn't get to you when she mm -hmm. needed to. By that time, you was already gone. So, mm -hmm. but um. She couldn't apologize enough, you know. Mm -hmm. And now that I'm in the business that she was in, you know, people tried to do the same thing to me, you know, you know, but it never worked. And I just look at when I didn't do things opposed to if I would have did what right. people said, it could have been worse it could have been me. Mm -hmm. you know? So I thank God that I had a mind of my own. Mm -hmm. You know, and accidents do happen. So what what did you what was your um your uh, first your first like I, I want I want to say mishap I want to say what was something that you you came across early on that made you feel like if it did make you feel like you didn't want to do it did you have any instances that was like I don't know if I want to do this now. Um. And even still now, I mean, sometimes, um, you know, you got your seasons where you got um, maybe one or two children, and then you got your seasons where you got over your capacity. Mm -hmm. um, and back then, when I only had one or two children, I was like, you know, I knew that I did this in faith. And, you know, sometimes you do get doubt, you start doubting yourself but I still hung in there. And um, if, if it wasn't for me staying um, in Bible study and um, just learning the word and trusting God, I probably would have let it go. You know, but I just had the right people around me to just keep on pushing me and reading my word. And every time you turn around, I was just saying the same thing. So I hung in there. And I just wanted to make a difference in children's lives. That's the whole key, just making a difference in somebody's life. A child that, um, you know, might have been going through some, some things in their home and you never, the parent probably couldn't get to them, but you know, they always open up to me. Yeah. So that's why um, 
hung in there when I realized that I was making a difference in these kids' lives. I think that's what transferred into me when I was working with kids and all that, because it was the same aspect, wanting to help and make a difference and never knowing what you could do or what people see that made a difference and help them out. And it make you feel good yeah, to do that. So what would you say, What would, if, if anybody watching this was considering getting into opening one or working with kids, what you think is like, what's the, some advice you would say that you should have going into it? Well, now it's so different now. Um, and I'm gonna keep it real. Um, because so many people, because of the pandemic, a lot of people closed their daycares. And then even still, you have people that still leaving daycare because now we feel like we don't have a leg to stand on because our specialist is supposed to be our mentor, but they also going, um, they looking for things to, um, to bring us down. You know, instead of helping us, they looking for things to go at us like, well, you you know, to shut us down or um, because this just happened, you know, and they don't give you um, enough time to even get it together. Like they just gonna shut you down. We don't have a leg to stand on. And I just feel like even with the um, other programs that we are, you know, they asking for so much, but then they want to try to tell us what to charge people. Um, it's a lot, you know, and that's enough to just say, like, I don't want to do this no more. You know, and a lot of people actually left that was in there longer than I had been in there and went back into the corporate world because um, they're not backing us up. So you would say you got to be uh, mentally prepared for this? You really have to be now, opposed to back when I got in it. What was it like when you first got in? When I first got in there, it was a lot of daycare um, providers that was actually um, doing, they took the job as a um, specialist. Mm -hmm. So they knew, you know, because when a parent get mad, the first thing they want to do is call up on you and lie. Mm -hmm. um, but when, when you have a daycare provider that becomes a um, specialist, they already know that these parents do these things out of anger, mm -hmm. you know. Um, but as long as you have your eyes dotted and your T's crossed, because it happened to me twice. And um, I just know that um, that's, they, they'll go after you any kind of way just because they can't have their way. And because parents want, they, you get the contract, you sign off on it, but then when things don't go your way, you get mad and you call the specialist. Mm -hmm. But then when your specialists come out and they go over everything, because you already know who called up on you, yeah. and you go over everything, and then the specialist says, well, everything is in your contract. It speaks for itself. So that's the one I had a few years ago, but the ones I have now, this is a new one, so we don't even keep on that long. Mm -hmm. And they, they come from different states. They being trained and they just don't know, you yeah. know, and they don't listen. So we always had a meetings, you know, with the state because we under the state education. Mm -hmm. So we always had a meetings, right. you know. So um, what do you feel like is something that you make a parent feel confident about when choosing you? 
a lot of my parents has been referrals. So they already know um, that I teach kids. Um, it's not about the money. It's about um, your child being in a safe environment. Your child is being um, prepared for kindergarten. And I stand on that because um, I give my kids homework. I expect my parents to um, help them with their homework, send it back. And, and I love when parents come back when their kids go to kindergarten and they come back and say, thank you, Miss Wanda. My child is one above average. Mm -hmm. That makes me feel good, mm -hmm. you know? And I like it when, when you see parents, the ones that you send the homework and they bring back, opposed to you send the homework and they don't bring back and they say this, that, and the third. And I feel sorry for this child because this is what they're gonna have to go through when they get in school. Mm -hmm. So, you know, your um, feelings get involved, you know, and I take my job so personal when it comes, because it's about the kids. Right. Right. What's your ultimate goal with the business? Have you reached it? No. Well, I think I did. Um, sometimes I want to send it, but then I don't. But then I say, you know what? As long as I'm making a difference in these kids' lives and they come back, they help me, um, they never forget me. You know, because they don't, they come back and they do their um, community hours. They work in the summertime. Um, as long as these kids know that Miss Wanda will always have their back, and when I get old, they're going to come back. God going to use a few of them to come back and take care of me. Mm -hmm. So I just know that I just see, um, you know, what I put into them, I see it, you know. So that makes me, yeah. What's the, what's the benefit? Or what's the pros and cons of, of the house versus the, the uh, center? Well, the home, it, to me, is, uh, and a lot of people want homes because it's more like family. It's a closeness, you know, um, opposed to when you have centers, you know, you, you separate it, it's big. Mm -hmm. um, and sometimes I did want a center, but then I like the closeness, you know, the family um, feel. Mm -hmm. You know, so, um, and then they know, um, and not all daycares like this, but some daycares are not clean. Yeah. And parents, and then they get um, a full course, clean, good meal from me. Mm -hmm. um, the, the environment is good, you know, it's clean. Mm -hmm. And even before pandemic, everything they told people to do, I've been doing that. Right. You know, so. They was like, oh, I know Auntie Dee did this, so I ain't got to worry about that. You know, couldn't wait for their kids to get back because they already knew that their child was in a safe environment. Right. I, I know, so I've been there from day one, so I know um, your battles with finding help. Is that something that's like, how you feel about having somebody work with you? Well, I, um, first you always have the, when I do pick a person to help me, they have to go through the state, they have to get their fingerprints and stuff like that. So they have to run their background first and foremost. I just can't bring people in like that. So they have to run it before I can even let them start. I have to send their records to, um, you know, the state. Um, but as I got, um, 
I was I'm very overprotective of my kids, you know, and and I always and I always used to be like this. This person couldn't do it better than me until I got with um so until I hired Pastor Lance. She would always say, Wanda, you know, um, you gotta relax because um, I might can't do it like you, but I can do it. You know, and and that she said, and then I wouldn't like I had two people working with me, and I would never take a day off, and I had days off, and I would just wouldn't take it. And she was like, go. Oh. I had to learn how to do that, you know. But um, when you feel comfortable with people, then you would go ahead and do it. And so I, once I felt comfortable with my the people that had, um, I was good with that. You know, I was good, and they know how I am with my um, the learning and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I was good with that. So uh, one one thing I always ask a guest on this on this uh, on this series is, what do you feel like? What does Baltimore mean to you? Doesn't mean anything to you. Yeah, I was. Um, Born and raised in Baltimore, you know, and I love living in Baltimore, even though I'm in the county, but you know, um, it means a lot to me, you know, um, even with the things going on, um, the, the killing and everything, I know it's a different generation coming up, but um, it's my hometown and I love it, you know, it's gonna always be a part of me. Um, all I want is the people um, just learn how to come together and, you know, and I'm speaking about black people. You know, we gotta stop um, trying not to help each other. Right. You know, we gotta help each other because um, what's for you is for you. And if I can help you to get to where you need to get to, then that's good. You know, and so if I can see that in Baltimore, because I know it's out there, then. Um, that would help me if we can all come together as one instead of people just being envy, um, jealous, and all that stuff. Then Baltimore would be so much better, so much greater. You know, I agree. it's still a good, it's still a good city. I agree 100%. Well, um, I think I got everything we needed out of this one. I appreciate you coming on for sure. And I think that this was definitely, uh, if you watching this and listening to it, you can get some perspective out of who I am out of this as well. And uh, it definitely, I learned some stuff myself. So, and like I said before, this episode 99, so 100 is a big milestone for me and I'm happy to reach it. I'm happy for everybody that's still tuning in and sticking with me, please do continue. And um, some good stuff coming on. You want to see a lot of surprises, a lot of good things I'm putting out there. And uh, please subscribe to the YouTube and the podcast apps and everything else. And stay tuned for We Need Answers podcast. And this is the Real Wired series. Please check all the previous. I think this is like, I ain't gonna guess. I ain't gonna guess which one this is, but it's a real interesting series. So. Thank y'all for tuning in this episode 99. Be down and guess what? We need answers. Fresh up out the track. Uh, uh, 
uh, bitch, I hustle hard, gotta get that bag, uh, uh, bitch, I'm with the gang and my whole team drag, uh, uh, you talking about some money, bitch, you need some more, you need some more, Mike, Mike, and Wong got that way, bitch, watch it, 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 bitch, watch it,